Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you. everybody we got a song for the church choir <laughs> singing about somebody that we call that man jesus come on clap your hands everybody come on <laughs> this one for the church choir come on i search come on all over come on trying to find Someone, but in my search, I was faced with reality. Come on, that no one, come on, could ever match. Come on, cry, no one can do. No one has shown a greater love. Come on, everybody, there is. Come on, no one. We're singing about that blessed Savior. Come on, what's his name, y'all?
Praise the Lord, everybody. I said, praise the Lord, everybody. We're grateful to be in worship this morning. Come on, clap your hands with us wherever you are. Come on, and let's say it together. Come on. Lord, I love you. We say, Lord, I love you Lord, I more, love than you. Yeah. more than anything. Come on, Salem. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Oh, Lord, I love you Lord, I love more than anything. He first loved us. 
if you're grateful for the very love of the Lord Jesus Christ, come on and let us worship together. Come on, y'all. say good morning to each and every one of you who's joined us from worship as we lead you in worship and you joined us from the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. We are so grateful that the Lord has allowed us to make it to another day of worship. It is a blessing indeed. Uh, the old saints would say he didn't have to do it, oh, but we praise God that he did. We want to open this worship experience with a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads again, Lord. We are grateful and thankful for all that you've done, for your many and varied blessings, for your keeping and covering power, that you've kept us from all hurt, harm, and danger, and allowed us to arrive at the time of worship once again. And worship we will do, because you are worthy of our worship, 
our adoration and our praise. And so we lift you now and we invoke and invite your presence in this worship experience. We ask it all now in the name of Jesus Christ and the people of God said together, amen and amen. We're going to ask the Music and Fine Arts Ministry to come back at this time and lead us further in worship.
We've come to the moment in our worship experience where <clears throat> we're able to corporately go to the Lord in prayer. We certainly want to remember our national, state, and local leaders, our military uh, personnel all across the world that secures our safety. Uh, and for those who are yet on the front lines, during this time of pandemic, our healthcare professionals that continue to wage war against this pandemic, and certainly as well those who are part of our church family who have specifically requested prayer. Sister Acra Cooper, Sister Gundora Patterson, Sister Sandra Turnbow, Sister Kathleen Allen, Sister Marjorie Allen, Sarah and Dot Gordon, Brother Brandon Cole, the son of Cheryl Phillips, Deacon Anthony Hadley, Brother Brandon Jemerson, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Brother N.C. Hall, and for those who are grieving and bereaved, Deacon Brayman Adams in the loss of his brother Edward Buddy Adams, family of Edward Rollison and the family of the Fellowship Christian Center, Mother Lois Sanders in the loss of her husband, Morris Sanders, and Sister Katie Henderson in the loss of her sister-in-law, Annie Pearl Henderson. We know that the Lord still does hear and answer prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are thankful and we are grateful for all that you have done. We glorify your name on today, for we know that you are high and lifted up. And we, as your children, join those seraphim in Isaiah chapter 6 that simply cry out, Holy 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 for you are a holy God you're pure and perfect and we stand before you as marred people those of us who are all of us who are flawed and those of us who have fallen and so we come before you God knowing again that you're pure perfect and holy and that we are flawed and marred beings and so we ask God that you would forgive us of our sins for certainly we have fallen short of your glory we pray God that you would purge us that you would cleanse us and God we are grateful that even in our imperfect state because of Jesus Christ we are able to boldly come to you with our prayers, our desires, our praise, and our supplications. And Lord, again, we want to say thank you for the blessings that are known and unknown, those that we consider both small and large. We thank you for your many blessings. And even now, God, we come to you as those who join us in worship. They have their desires, their own supplications. And even as they lift them to, to you from where they might be in this moment, 
We pray, God, that you would meet them at the point of their need, that their heart's desires would be filled, but most importantly, that their needs will be provided. For each name that we have called on this prayer list today, we pray, God, that you would reveal yourself to them to allow them to know that no matter what you're going, they're going through, you are with them. Your word reminds us that you are a very present help even in a time of trouble. For those who are grieved and in this moment of bereavement, we pray that you would give them comfort, that you would give them consolation, that you would allow your spirit to be present with them wherever they are in their lives. And Lord, we know that you hear and answer our prayers, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. So we lift these prayers to you in the name of our resurrected and living Savior, Jesus the Christ. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. Once again, we praise God for each and every one of you who join us in worship on today. What a blessing it is that the Lord continues to keep us and allows us to come together in worship, even though you are in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, we are still in worship because we are reminded that sanctuary is where the saint is. And so the Lord is with you wherever you might be, even as you join us in worship. We thank you for your continued prayers, patience, and support. We are going to need them even more as we go further. We are asking you to pray to give us wisdom as we prepare for uh, reopening in-person worship. We don't have a solid or concrete date at this point, but we are yet in preparation and asking the Lord to lead and guide us. We are watching closely uh, the numbers and circumstances that surround us so that when we do return, we will do so safely and securely. I continue to remind you that when we do return, it will uh, be different than when uh, we left worship, uh, in-person worship last March. It's hard to believe it's been an entire year uh, that we've not been together in the sanctuary of the Salem Church, but we pray and believe that that day is coming very, very soon. Uh, there are some events that are quickly approaching in the life of the Salem Church on this coming Saturday, March 27th, beginning at 10 a.m. We'll be having another uh, food giveaway, and we know that each and every time we've done it in the past, uh, we've had persons uh, lining up before time because of the need in our community. So beginning at 10 a.m. until the items or the boxes run out uh, on this Saturday at uh, March 27th at 10 a.m. along with our community partners, Saving Grace Perishable Food Rescue, Omaha Economic Development Corporation, uh, Heart Ministry, and Hy-Vee will be giving away food to those who are certainly in need of it beginning at 10 a.m. until uh, our supplies uh, run out. And then on uh, 
April 3rd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Our deacons will be present uh, on the campus of the Salem Church so that you might receive your communion elements from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on April 3rd. Our deacons will be present. You can drive through the Circle Drive and uh, at a social distance, they will make sure that you get your elements for communion on April 4th. And on April 4th, we praise God on Resurrection Sunday, the highest and holy day of the church. We will be worshiping on the parking lot of the Salem Church. We've not had a parking lot worship since before winter, and we're praying that the Lord would give us a wonderful weather for uh, that Sunday, April 4th, from uh, at 10 a.m. and 12 noon. 10 a.m. and 12 noon, we'll be worshiping, and those who come uh, and receive your elements on the day before, we'll be able to share in the Lord's Supper that Holy Communion on that Sunday in person on the parking lot of the Salem Church. So please, please join us. Don't come by yourself. Uh, get somebody in the car with you so that they can be blessed by that worship experience. We continue to thank you for your faithfulness, your commitment uh, through your financial stewardship and your giving. Uh, we pray and believe that you're going to continue to support the Lord's work here at the Salem Church through your giving. We thank the members of the Salem Church and our ministry partners all across the world who've sown into the good seed of the good soil of the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. We remind you there are various platforms by which you can give. You can mail your tithe and offering to the Salem Church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. You can bring your tithe and offering to the church uh, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's a secure tithe and offering box just outside the administrative office. You can give through our website, SalemBC.org, through PayPal, through Venmo, through the Cash App, through Givelify. Uh, and you can text to give, text to tithe, uh, and the number is 402-543-3316. That's 402-543-3316. 3316. Again, we thank you for your continued faithfulness through your stewardship and your giving. We're going to ask the Music and Fine Arts Ministry to come at this time and lead us further in worship. Thank you. 
you are. Come on, lift up your hands and tell them, I love you. I love you, Come on, tell them, I worship and adore you, Lord. Come on, sing us all. I love you. Come on, if you really love the Lord this morning, come on, can you lift your hands wherever you are and express your love to the King? It has nothing to do with anybody who may be around you. It's all about your confession to the King of Kings. And we love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And from the crevice of our hearts, we express our love for the King. Come on, if you love him, come on and give him glory and let God receive your praise in the room. Come on, let him receive your praise. Come on. Everybody tell him one more time. Say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Said, I worship and adore you, Lord. Come on, let's honor the king. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you. Just wanna tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Lord, I love you more than anything. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, I love you more than anything. More than anything, 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 
more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything. that you would turn in your Bibles, on your tablets, whatever devices you might have, to the New Testament, the gospel as recorded by Mark, Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5 beginning at verse 1. We're going to initially read in your hearing verses 1 through 7, although we will use a great, good portion of this chapter in the sermonic presentation, Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. It says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. No one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Always night and day, he was in the mountains and in, in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. I'm going to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, a transforming meeting with the master, a transforming meeting with the master. <clears throat> this section of scripture, Mark chapter five, begins with the phrase, then they came to the other side of the sea. Now that's more significant than you might think. It is filled with significance but you can only comp comprehend and understand its significance if you pay attention to the preceding section of Scripture. It is a section of Scripture we preached on last week. The sermon was entitled, Seeing Through the Storm. The movements of that storm were very simple. We observed a lesson in service where Jesus uses a boat and puts it in service as a seaside pulpit. We observe the truth about storms, that they are sudden, they are shared, and they are not simple. We observed an appeal to the Savior by those who are on the boat in the midst of a severe storm with Jesus. 
We observe the blessing of safety as Jesus rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. All of that takes place in the prior section of scripture in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Mark chapter 5, as I said earlier, opens with the words, then they came to the other side of the sea. Now you may not see the significance of that opening phrase of Mark chapter 5, but the significance is there. You see, if the opening phrase of this section of scripture is, then they came to the other side of the sea, it means they made it through the storm. It means that they survived the storm. It means the storm did not keep them from reaching their divinely declared destination. Remember, it was Jesus who said in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, let us go over to the other side. So it was a divinely declared destination. And verse 1 of chapter 5 informs us that in spite of experiencing a fierce and ferocious storm, those on the boat with Jesus made it to the other side of the sea. Now this is significant because there's significant because there's someone who is listening or watching and you see a storm coming or you're in the midst of a storm. But I want to take a moment to encourage you to tell you you're going to make it to your divinely declared destination. You may have waves of haters. You may have winds of naysayers. You may have the lightning of loved ones and the thunder of enemies. But understand it today. Understand today you're going to make it to the other side. Your storm may have you battered and bruised. It may have you despondent and discouraged. It may have you disheartened and dejected. But I want to encourage you to depend on the Lord in the midst of your storm because he's going to help you make it to the other side. As a matter of fact, someone listening and watching today should have a then I came to the other side of the sea, shout. Because you made it through your last storm. And you ought to take some time to shout. You ought to shout because you're still alive. And that's a testimony. You still haven't lost all your mind. And that's a testimony. You haven't clicked off or went off. And that's a testimony. You didn't lose your cool, and that's a testimony. Somebody ought to shout because you made it to the other side. Oh, yes, just like those on the boat with Jesus, they went through the storm, and they made it to the other side. And I'm talking to some child of God today that wants to give in and give up. You want to throw in the towel. You want to wave the white flag of surrender. I want to let you know the Lord is with you. And he will make sure you get to the other side. Again, that's what happened to those who's, who were on the boat with Jesus. 
And it is as they reach the other side of the sea. We see a scene that involves Jesus and a demon-possessed man. And we see a transforming meeting with the master. So the first thing we see is we see the struggle of a tormented and tortured soul. What a sad picture is painted of the other major character found in this section of scripture. The man that is spoken of in this text is a tormented and tortured soul. His life has certainly not evolved as he and likely those who love him have wished by any stretch of the imagination. He's not living up to the God-given design for his life. Listen again as Mark describes this man in Mark chapter 5 beginning at verse 1 says, then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. This man is tortured and tormented. And the text indicates a few reasons why. The first of which was because of where he set up his residence. The Bible says this man had his dwelling among the tombs. This means this man's only neighbors were those who were dead. Because he was always among the dead, it means that he was defiled and unclean. Furthermore, it means that he lived a life of isolation. And most often, these kinds of tombs in the times of the text were carved out of stone uh, on the sides of hills, and they were located outside of cities as to not defile the city. What a torturous life to live with no real and consistent human contact. Imagine being alive, but living in a dead place. That causes you to feel dead on the inside. This man is tormented and tortured because of where he set up residence. But not only that, he's tormented and tortured because others tried to restrain him. The Bible says no one could bind him. And when he had been bound with shackles and chains, it was only temporary. Because he pulled the chains apart and broke the shackles in pieces. Now it's likely that those who tried to restrain him had one of two purposes. To either bind him to keep him from hurting other people or to bind him to keep him from hurting himself. And yet, although their intentions may have been admirable, it was to no avail. The Bible says he broke the shackles and he broke the chains. And furthermore, it very likely caused this demon-possessed man to think of others with more doubt and 
less trust probably caused anger to rise up in him. It stirred him up. And think about it. Even though it may not be shackles and chains, think about how agitated and anxious you become when someone tries to restrain and confine you with their words and their actions and their deeds. This man was tortured and tormented because people had tried to restrain him. But not only that, he was tormented and tortured because he was ruining himself. The Bible says, always, night and day, he was in the mountains and the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. He was ruining, him, ruining himself physically because he was so confounded and confused spiritually. The self-harm he was inflicting upon himself would last a lifetime even though he might be rescued from his current spiritual state. This man was tortured and tormented because he was ruining himself. But lastly, I want to say this man was tormented and tortured because of what ruled him. The Bible says this man was possessed by an unclean spirit. The Bible will make clear as we move through the text, this man was possessed by an overabundance and excessive amount of demons. And all that I've expressed to you, that he took residence in the tombs that people tried to restrain him, that, that he was ruining himself physically was because of what ruled him. It was because of what ran and reigned over his life. It was the demonic possession that ruled him. All that he exhibited on the outside was because of what ruled him on the inside. Church is quiet. I can't hear nobody. This man in this text is evidence that what is manifested physically has its origins and beginnings spiritually. So what you see happening uh, in the lives of folk on the outside is because of what's messed up on the inside. That's why the Apostle Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts in, of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. This man was tortured and tormented because of the demonic spirits that dwelt within him. Oh yes, this man was tormented and tortured. We see uh, 
story of a tormented and tortured soul. Tormented because of where he made his residence, because people tried to restrain him, because he was trying to ruin himself, and most importantly, because of what ruled him from the inside. But the good news is, is that all is not lost. As we move forward in this text, yes, we see the struggle of a tormented and tortured soul, but then we see the sovereignty of a powerful Savior. We see the sovereignty of a powerful Savior. Sovereignty is supreme power and authority. The sovereignty of God means he's sovereign and Lord of all creation. This is characterized by his control, his authority, and his covenantal presence. God is above all and before all things. He's the beginning in the, and the end. He is immortal. He is sovereign in creation, providence, redemption, and judgment. And all of that sounds profound and philosophical. So let me say it my way. God because of his sovereignty, can do whatever he wishes to do, however he wishes to do it, whenever he wishes to do it, for whomever he wishes to do it, and through whomever he wishes to do it through. And his sovereignty is made evident in this text on today. It is evident, and I want you to pay attention to the text on today, it is evidence evident because the demons recognize Jesus. The demons recognize Jesus. When the demons recognized Jesus, it was evidence they knew he was sovereign. Listen to the text in verses six, six and seven. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. This demon-filled man recognized Jesus. And the first thing the Bible says he does is worship Jesus. Now, this worship is prostration that is necessitated by the power of of a superior. It was a clear indication. Even the demons knew they had to bow down in the presence of the one that has supreme power and authority. So much so that they called him by his name and his divine title. It says, Jesus, Son of of the Most High God. Even the demons recognize the sovereignty, authority, and power of Jesus Christ. Oh yes, child of God, and still today, that's the Savior that we serve. One who has sovereign and supreme power that even the devil has to recognize. But we see the sovereignty of this powerful Savior, not only because the demons recognize him, uh, but because Jesus rules over the demons. 
Now you have to notice the position the demons uh, that possess this man take when it's concerning Jesus. Think about it. They cause this man to live among dead folk. They cause this man to be restrained at times. They've directed him to ruin himself by cutting himself with stones all because I said earlier these demons, this unclean spirit ruled his life. But now they are in the presence of the sovereign God in flesh. And they realize now the rules have changed. Listen to how they approached Jesus beginning at verse 6. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there near uh, the mountain. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. These demons who had ruled this man's life acknowledge that they are powerless in the presence of the Almighty God. They are pleading. Jesus, don't torment us. They're answering. My name is Legion. They are asking, please don't send us out of the country. And finally, they are begging, asking Jesus to send them into the swine. Listen, these demons realized they were no longer in control. They could never be in control in the presence of Jesus Christ. And yet, child of God, it remains on today. The Lord is still in control. He still has all power. He is still sovereign. And so again, we see the sovereignty of a powerful Savior, and we see it last but not least because he displays his sovereignty by releasing this man from his demon possession. Look once again at the biblical text beginning at verse 12. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once, Jesus gave them permission because of his sovereignty. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the herd ran violently, violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine, so those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. 
Jesus displays his sovereignty. He displays his authority. He displays his power as he releases this man from demon possession. Because those who owned the swine were upset that their means of making a living had plunged into the sea and drowned. They run to the city. and They run to the country. and They get a crowd to accompany them to see that what they had said was true. You know, they knew this demon-possessed man. They knew how wild he had been. They knew he had made his residence in the tombs. They knew he was so powerful he could not be restrained. They knew that he was ruining himself by cutting himself with stones. And now they want to come out and see what Jesus had done. And that's why I love verse 15. It says, Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. They saw the one who had been demon-possessed and the one who had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. I love it and it shouts me because when the Lord releases you, folk have to put your problems in your past tense and acknowledge and accept and admit the blessing of your present tense. Did you hear what I said? They saw the man who had been possessed, the one who had the legion, but he was now sitting and clothed and in his right mind. Oh, family of God, I know what was, oh, but you've got to take a look at my right now. Somebody ought to shout wherever you are listening or watching right now because the Lord will make you, make the world look at your past tense and wonder how you got into your present tense. I don't care how bad your past tense was. The Lord will glory in your present tense. I don't care what you were shackled to and bound in in your past tense. You can look at the world and declare, I am free indeed in my present tense. I love how the Lord can make the world think about your past tense, but acknowledge your present tense. Is there anybody who has a present tense? Shout right now that the Lord brought me out of my past tense. So we see the struggle of a tormented and tortured soul. We see the sovereignty of a powerful savior. But last but not least, we see the sending of a transformed saint. We see the sending of a transformed saint. This man's life is transformed. The man who had been possessed 
The man who had the legion is now sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. He now has a relationship with Jesus, and rightly so, he wants to follow Jesus closely in his ministry. And yet Jesus says, I have a mission for you. He says, I, I need to send you. I, I don't necessarily need you to go with me. He says, you are a transformed saint. I need to send you. And I need to send you to some folk who knew how you were tormented and tortured. I need to send you to some folk who realize how difficult your circumstance was. I need to send you to some people who knew how wild and uncontrollable you were. I, I need to send you. And I need to send you so they can see the transforming power and authority of Jesus Christ. Listen to what the text says, beginning at verse 18. And when he got into the boat, speaking of Jesus, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. How he has had compassion on you. The Bible says that man departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And all who heard it marveled. This man went from hollering in the tombs to being a home missionary. He went from being an embarrassment to being the head of local outreach. He went from being a maniac to sharing the message of Jesus Christ. Jesus says to this man who had been possessed and this man who had the legion, he says, I need to send you back home so you can tell your friends and family all that the Lord had done, has done for you. And you see, the testimony is how he left town and how he returned to town. He left town as a maniac, uh, but he came back home as a missionary. Uh, he left town as a crazy man, but he came back carrying the message of Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus says, I've got to send you to some people who will know the majestic difference between where you were and where you are right now. And somebody listening or watching right now, that's what the Lord is saying to you. He's saying, I need to send you to some folk who knew you 15 and 20 and 25 years ago 
who realized how rough you were, how rugged you were, how tough you were, how low down you were, how out there you were, how uncontrollable you were, how wild you were. Uh-huh. And I need to send you to those folk so uh, they can see the transforming power uh, of uh, Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. You need to tell the world, uh, yes, Lord, uh, I know where I was. Uh-huh. But you need, you need uh, to see me where I am right now. Uh-huh. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Uh, yes, Lord, and you're not saying you're perfect. Uh, but you're telling the world, uh, yes, Lord, uh, even though uh, I have a long way to go. Uh-huh. I have come a mighty long way. Uh, do I have a witness today? Uh, yes, Lord. And you need you need uh, to tell somebody uh, about uh, what the Lord has done. Uh, yes, Lord, uh, the New Jersey Mass Choir uh, said it this way, uh, the Lord's uh, been mighty good to me. Uh, and uh, I'll tell it uh, wherever I go. Uh, he loosed my shackles and set me free and I will tell it wherever I go do I have a witness today and I need to know this Sunday morning is there anybody here who has that testimony because I've been transformed because I've been changed, because I've been freed, because I've been liberated. I will tell it wherever I go. Do I have a witness today? Yes, Lord, I need, I need, I need, I need to know. Is there anybody here? who will tell it uh, wherever you go. Uh, is there anybody uh, who's listening right now uh, who will tell your story uh, wherever you go? Uh, yes, Lord. Is there anybody here who doesn't mind testifying Yes, Lord, uh, it was nobody. I said nobody. It was nobody but the Lord uh, who transformed my life. And I don't mind telling them, telling the world uh, it was nobody, nobody but Jesus. Do I have a witness? Uh, Nobody but the Lord. Uh, the old saints would say, uh, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Uh, 
can't nobody do me like the Lord. Is there anybody here who will testify? Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. And you ought to go ahead and tell him thank you because he's brought you a mighty long way. Is there anybody here who will take a moment or two to just tell him thank you? Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here that knows he's worthy for you to take a moment and tell him thank you? You were in the tombs of your life, but the Lord rescued you. The Lord healed you. The Lord set you free. The Lord delivered you. You ought to tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm trying to leave it alone, but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul, my soul, yeah, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Hallelujah! Yeah! Hallelujah! Yeah! Hallelujah! Yeah! Somebody ought to shout, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout, hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Yeah! Hallelujah! Yeah! 
The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. And just as Jesus transformed the life of this man who had been demon-possessed, this man who had the legion, I want to say to you that he's able to transform your life today if you give your life to him, if you trust him as Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible lets us know that we have life, life abundant and life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10 reminds us if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for the sins of the world, that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. Your life shall be forever transformed. And so if you want to give your life to the Lord on today, please call us at 405 402 455 1000 option three there's someone waiting to hear your voice or if you're saved but for whatever reason you're out of fellowship with the local church this is your opportunity to be a part of the lord's church here at the salem baptist church please call us at 402-455-1000 option three why don't you trust him today that today you've made a decision for your life and a decision for Christ that you've given your life to him on today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer again. Lord, we are thankful and grateful that you have the power to transform us. No matter how difficult our circumstances and situations might be, you are able to meet us wherever we are in life. You're able to transform us and set us free. Then send us to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that this worship experience has been a blessing to all who have watched and listened on today as they've gathered in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. We pray your blessings upon them even now. 
And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God all across this city, all across this state, all across this nation, and all across the world said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Yeah. 